the Gospel according to Mark. In today's reading, Jesus encourages his followers to look forward to the day when he returns in power and glory to end all suffering. And now the reading. Jesus said, In those days after that suffering, the sun will be darkened and the moon will not give us light. And the stars will be falling from heaven and the powers in the heavens will be shaken. Then they will see the Son of Man coming in clouds with great power and glory. Then he will send out the angels and gather his elect from the four winds, from the ends of the earth to the ends of the heaven. From the fig tree learn its lesson. As soon as its branch becomes tender and puts forth its leaves, you know the summer is near. So also when you see these things taking place, you know that he is near and at the very gates. Truly I tell you, this generation will not pass away until all these things have taken place. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. But about the day or hour no one knows, neither the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. Beware, keep alert, for you do not know when the time will come. It is like a man going on a journey, when he leaves home and puts his slaves in charge, each with his work, and commands the doorkeeper to be on the watch. Therefore, keep awake, for you do not know when the master of the house will come, in the evening, or at midnight, or at cockcrow, or at dawn, or else he may find you asleep when he comes suddenly. And what I say to you, I say to all, keep awake. The word of our Lord. Amen. Good morning. Um, in the light of this being the first Sunday of Advent and trying to find that quiet place where we can be open to God in this time of busyness and lists, um, we're going to take a minute to just, or a couple minutes, to do a quiet meditation. So I'm going to invite you to gently close your eyes and take a deep breath in and just kind of release whatever tension you might be feeling right now worries of the mind, aches and pains of the body, and to settle into your sit bones, grounding yourself to the earth, relaxing your hips into your sit bones, and letting your spine rise up and the crown of your head to connect to the heavens, so that here you are on earth, grounded at the earth, but still connected to our Father in heaven. And as you let go of the, the monkey brain and the busyness in your mind, just letting it go for right now. Let, let God hold your worries while you focus on just your breathing. That breath is your moment of life, this very moment, breathing in. And as you breathe in, this breath is a gift from God. This breath is God. The God that loves you unconditionally. No matter what you may have done or will do. Breathing in the love of God and breathing that love out to the world. And feeling that love wash over you as you breathe in 
and breathe it out to the world. And when you feel ready, you can gently open your eyes and welcome the word from Diane. mindfully turned off my microphone as well. This morning, I'd love to use a prayer by one of my favorite um, Old Testament scholars, Walter Bruggeman, in a celebration of abundance. is an Advent devotional book, and um, I hope that you maybe have one or two of these around your house, not this one maybe, but some devotional book to get the day started or the evening closed in the keeping of the mindfulness of the Advent season. I won't read you this one, but it's called Newness. Newness is on the way. And his prayer is this, Living God, visit us in this season with your Holy Spirit that we may get carried away to do obedient things we have not yet done, kingdom things we did not think we had in us, neighbor things from which we cringe. May you act in us through us, beyond us, more than we imagine, because newness is on its way among us. Amen. Keep awake. Kind of an odd thing to say after meditation like we just had with Beth of mindfulness, but that is the message of the first Sunday of Advent. Keep awake. Happy New Year. It is the new year, the start of the church season, and so it is a new beginning, and whereas in our secular New Year, we are very familiar with New Year's resolutions, this is also the church New Year, and perhaps a time for making our resolutions and to how we will start the year off on the right foot. The Gospel writer Mark tells us that we don't know the day nor the hour when the Lord will return. It could be this afternoon when you're baking Christmas cookies. It could be today at our Tanzanian and Journeys of the Apostle Paul Cruz reunion we're having at the Brineaks. It might be next Sunday as you smile and pose for your new pictorial directory picture. Wouldn't that be interesting? <laughs> smile and Jesus appears. But the gospel says we will not know when the master will come in the evening, at midnight, or at the cock crow, or at dawn. This writing we have today is kind of uh, odd for us. Maybe it's called apocalyptic, apocalyptic, when the apocalypse will come, the end of the world. And we know that Jesus preached that there will come a time when he returns and there will be a sign in the seasons and the world will know. Many have predicted the apocalyptic ending when you get to times like we have right now, when there is uh, famine around the world, when there are people uh, shooting in uh, many different locations, when there is a missile possibly aimed at the United States or North Korea, we have a lot of things on our minds that make us think, well, this could be the time. You never know. God forbid. But the writing in today is apocalyptic imagery. It reminds us that it's Jesus that will return in the apocalyptic time for his believers. 
But we prepare for that return, not by just sitting and staring up into the heavens, but by being more and more and more vigilant about serving all those around us who need our help, doing God's will and work every day in some small way. To remain focused on our foremost assignment, therefore, we need to practice Sabbath rest. Sabbath rest so that we will have the fortitude, the energy, the imagination within us to go out and do this vigorous serving that is our assignment. We are called in that third commandment, remember the Sabbath day, to keep it holy, to stop the rat race, slow down. Jesus might have said, be mindful on the Sabbath day. Don't focus on the family having it all according to this world's standards. Stop doing and instead start being the child of God. Mindfully snuggling up in God's arms with a good book, a good storybook, the Bible. Open that book, dust it off, and see if you can find a few wonderful stories to share personally or with the family. Gladly read together or by yourself all the surprising ways God has shown his love and grace to his world. It shines through unexpected biblical heroes time and time again in unexpected countercultural ways. Jesus is reminding us today it's not only for this life that we hope. Wake up! Keep alert! Look more intensely at what you already have, already have been given. These compassionate gifts that feed your soul and your sense of joy. Remember, we've been blessed to share our gifts with the global village. That's why we try to help you with that particular assignment in the lobby today. And together, we will see God's face and the peaceable kingdom grow among us even now. Sidebar. I was laughing as I read this keep awake business because if you're like me lately, you may just be awake in the wee hours of the morning in the wrong way more than you'd like. For more than a year, even going on a year and a half, I will get home exhausted from church or from something else, although it's mostly always church, and um, I will sit on the couch, put on the TV, get ready, and within seconds, I've nodded off. What I most anticipated watching on the television, the season finale of Dancing with the Stars, missed it, snoring away. And yet, when I shut off the television set, get up and actually go to bed uh, from 2 o'clock till 4 o'clock, 5 o'clock. Many of you see me texting, doing a lot of my church work then because I cannot sleep. I don't know what the problem is. I think it has to do with aging, some would say, and all these changes. But at any rate, this isn't the kind of keep awake I don't think Jesus had in mind. This is kind of a problem for us who do this. Many of us worry, though, during those wee hours about the state of our world. As I already mentioned, there is so much that does keep us on, on edge, in, should we say, awake. Politics divides our families. Mass shootings in mosques and churches are common, even as we stand today. You know, we at Upper Dublin have thought, well, should we do something more to um, arm ourselves against someone coming in? It's mostly those unexpected places where people are showing up. North Korea missiles are launching closer and closer to our ships and shores. 
A national opioid epidemic is stealing precious lives in their prime. It makes us all want to cry out, Come, Lord Jesus, come now. In today's gospel, we are warned to pay attention to the spiritual aspects of our life daily, our discipleship work. As Walter Wangeren, a great writer, says, for nearly 1,500 years, Christians have spent the days of Advent not in passive inaction, but in activities strenuous and profitable. They have prepared themselves by scrubbing and cleaning their lives, by examining and repairing their souls, even as people generally prepare themselves, body and home, to receive a visitor of ineffable importance. It's the spiritual work that precedes each of the high holidays, Advent before Christmas, Lent before Easter, a season for us to take stock of where we are with God. In Mark's lesson, keep awake means pay attention to how God blesses and guides your life. And a word similar to that would be keep awake to the environment around you, our creation indeed. Today we're pointed to the fig tree. Tend to your fig tree, he teaches the people in front of him. Now, we moderns, I suspect, might not recognize a fig tree if it was growing right in our own backyard. Of course, Jesus lived in a farming time of life. Fishing and herding were very, very common. And so he's speaking to people where they are. He taught disciples a story they would grasp. But I do strongly recommend... Nonetheless, as city people, suburban people, we would all benefit from a season on the farm. It wasn't until I dated a dairy farmer in Wisconsin years ago that I learned cows just didn't give milk like water comes out of a faucet every day. The gift of milk had to be romantically orchestrated in the farmyard and dutifully maintained for optimum production. It was a God moment for me. And you do know, scientific studies show, that our blood pressure and our state of mind are improved markedly by being in in nature, by looking at the expanse of the sky, of the stars, of the full moon this week, by sitting by a lake quietly in awe of its beauty, in the garden. Studies are showing that gardening, weeding, pruning the garden, raising your crops in the backyard brings down your blood pressure the mindfulness of being at one with nature, feeding the birds, housing butterflies, petting your dog and cat, and even befriending pesky squirrels has advantages for mindfulness. For we are all part of creation. Together, and it is in the stewardship of that climate and of our natural resources, of our fig trees and all our creatures, that we not only obey God, but we ourselves are healed and restored and made whole. We are designed to thrive when we care for God's creation and God's children of any age. I have made a a number of visits lately, much uh, overdue to people in our congregation, just to sit down and see how they're doing, to go under to the next layer of a person's life, 
And it has been such a joy, such a gift to me. We often think we know each other when we see each other every day passing in the halls or in every week on Sunday, but my goodness, we really are riches to be mined inside our souls and our experiences, our hurts, our trials, our griefs. We don't know many of those kind of depths in our fellow members or in our neighborhood or down the street or at work. One bit of Advent work might just be that, sitting down to lunch or sitting down at work for coffee break with someone you never really got to know. Get to know them. Get to know their struggles. And the light actually will be given back to you as you share together. In closing, I share a story you may have saw on, seen on the news Friday night on uh, CBS once again, Steve Hartman's On the Road series. It was um, an amazing story about a drug treatment court judge named Chris Walton in Shakopee, Minnesota. Despite fierce op uh, opioid addiction that he sees so many days in this courtroom and so many young lives, he remained awake to the potential in what seemed like a very hopeless situation with an opioid-addicted teenage girl named Jennifer Jensen. She came before his bench in the spring of 2014. She was eight months pregnant and clearly addicted to heroin. It's as bad as it gets, says Judge Walton. Nobody was worse than her. Hooked on heroin by high school, she posed for more mugshots than yearbook photos, yet somehow the judge took an interest in her. He made it hard. 27 visits were required for her over the next three years. She was not pleased. Her mother, however, can't thank that judge enough. He saved his daughter, her daughter's life. After the last court appearance, Jennifer, against all odds, was clean. And Jennifer surprised the judge. First she told him, you saved my life. And then she asked him to officiate at her marriage. Of course, the judge was pleased to do and oblige this. There were no quick fixes, but he had stuck with her throughout this long ordeal. America, as you know, is suffering from opioid addiction, which is stealing precious lives. We can sometimes walk the walk with those whom we know are in need in that way as well. But the lesson we learn together from our judge is what tough love and a good judge can accomplish, especially when the judge knows when to go heavier on the tough side and also lighter on the grace and love side. Jesus knows the best balance. He invites you to stay awake, keep alert, and Happy New Year. Prepare your lives, for God is very near. Amen.